Attended by Simmons. Is this the Tiger? Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Reds podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua Insamo, here to talk to you guys today about your favorite team in Major League Soccer, your Toronto FC. There is a lot to get through on today's episode uh, as the, you know, Reds have made some very, very bold decisions in the last week or so, last 10 days and you know, what better way to break that all down than with you guys here on the pod? It's a solo episode. Unfortunately, no Mike Pantalone today, my co-host. But let's start with the biggest transaction, and that was the first one of the trade of Alejandro Pozuelo heading to Inter-Miami CF. Um, you know, this is very mixed feelings um, on this trade. You know, Pozuelo one of the more players on Toronto FC this season with class and, you know, like that game against Chicago fire, he was the difference maker. He was the one guy on the pitch every night that I believe could change a game. Um, despite the opponent, you know, he was a former MVP, uh, you know, MLS all 11. So he really had that class to him. He was a DP. He was that Jovinko replacement. He was th- that, you know, magical player on the field. He brought so many good memories. Um, it was so much fun watching him with Toronto FC. The fit with Bob Bradley, I just didn't think was there. I think Bob's system doesn't really fit Pozuelo's style anymore. I think he's going into Miami now where, you know, the way he plays and that, you know, creative, uh, you know, skill set that he has. I really think that the, the ability to spread the ball and to create space now with Miami is going to be really, really uh, good for him and I think that you know the outlets that they have in their system in Miami I think that he's going to really enjoy it I think Miami that lifestyle is going to suit him at his stage in his career now so I'm, I'm happy for him on that standpoint but trading him for you know the return of what was it again 150,000 of GAM uh, general allocation money that's sad obviously you know this was a move Toronto FC was just trying to open up a DP slot with the rumors of Federico Bernandeschi um, supposedly coming to Toronto FC, but still moving on from Pozuelo, always tough. He was the number 10. He was a pivotal role here in Toronto. And, um, you know, one of the more reasons that I watched, uh, through the good times and bad the last couple seasons, just what he was able to do when he was on the pitch was just so, so different. And, you know, that's what I mean. Like he was the one guy that I truly believe could create something out of nothing, um, no matter who, uh, Toronto FC was up against. So, Moving on from Pozuelo definitely hurts, and uh, especially not getting really much back in return for him. I think it was a great move there by Miami, and I'm, I really think that, you know, this changes the outlook of that team. I think they're going to be a, a tough, tough go now uh, as the season starts to you know, come to an end here in the second half. But, you know, good on Miami for making that acquisition, and uh, good luck to Pozuelo in the pink and black uniforms because uh, those are awesome kits, and you know, I really think Pozuelo's going to have some fun down there, and he's really going to revitalize his MLS career in a lot of ways, I think. But with that, Toronto FC then lost today. Carlos Salcedo, this was a move that, you know, has been talked about for a couple weeks now. Salcedo didn't play uh, with the team in the last match against San Jose Earthquakes, which I'm going to talk about soon in a bit. But Salcedo departs from the club. That is now 
another DP gone from Toronto FC in the last calendar year. Um, Salcedo and uh, Toronto FC mutually agreed to terminate his contract. Salcedo will be heading to FC Juarez in Mexico. Um, you know, this was obviously due to a family situation. Uh, it was best for Salcedo to be in Mexico, closer to home to his family. And, you know, reading his goodbye message, it was definitely, it was definitely sad. You know, he didn't re really have a great start here with Toronto SC and the matches that he played in. There was a lot of, um, how do we say it, red cards. And there was a lot of uh, missed games played due to suspension. Then there was the fan base that was not happy with his play when he was on the field because of, you know, positionally uh, stuff. Uh, There's a lot of lapses defensively, and there's a lot of times where uh, he didn't look like he was deserving of a DP caliber player. But, you know, Salcedo, I thought, brought a different aspect to the team. I don't think it was a bad move. Obviously, the Salcedo acquisition was meant just to get Solteldo off the roster. And, you know, he did outlast Solteldo. Solteldo's... Um, you know, heading to Greece, I believe, uh, after yesterday. So he, he outlasted him by a day, but, you know, just moving on from Soteldo is basically the point of this. And it was never really meant to last for long. Having a defender as a DP slot is never really what you want to use um, for your assets like that because how important DP slots are in Major League Soccer. So, you know, obviously this was a short-term kind of move, and uh, this was a lot shorter than I think a lot of people expected. He didn't even make it halfway through the season, and, Saltado brought that sandpaper game, that South American style that, you know, really hurt Toronto FC in different times. But I think he also brought a lot of positives. He looked like he was loved by a lot of guys in the locker room. A lot of his teammates showed care for him uh, when he's posting about the stuff that's going on uh, with him personally. And I'm wishing him the best, reading his message to Toronto FC and the organization and the fans and all that stuff. Um, and MLS as a league itself is... Definitely something that hurts to see him go, but I'm wishing him the best and uh, hoping that he can resolve his family issues and whatever's happening uh, because, you know, he's a good player and I really hope that he has a good season down with FC Juarez. Then after that, Toronto FC has acquired Mark Anthony K, former Red. I think this is the bright spot of the last uh, 10 days here. Mark Anthony K coming over from the Colorado Rapids. You know, K, he's going to be the new number eight here in Toronto. He is a very, very decisive midfielder, very clinical, very, very talented. Um, you know, he's going to bring a lot to Toronto. He's very good offensively. He's a two-way kind of guy. He can control the pace of play. Now, what Toronto FC gave up for Mark Anthony K is certainly a lot. They gave up Ralph Preso and a bunch of other things. Their first-round pick in the MLS Super Draft. Um he gave up an international spot and so you know they definitely paid quite the fee for mark anthony k um but i think this is well worth it i think mark anthony k you know uh, team canada international former red and his development and stuff like that he said he loves the city he said it's one of the top cities in north america despite being all over the map i think he's really happy to come back i don't think his time in colorado went the way that he expected i think colorado kind of felt the same didn't really have the best relationship anymore after both uh, him and the team's play started going south. So, you know, they move him to Toronto FC. They get Ralph Preso. Preso, you know, I'm not thrilled with moving on from him. You know, you can tell he really loves Toronto. He really loves this team and the youth here and stuff like that. 
he was at the game against the San Jose Earthquakes despite being traded the day before. He also stopped by for fans and signed autographs and stuff like that. That just shows you how good of a person Ralph Priso is, how much he loves his fan base, how much he loves this team. And, um, you know, I really feel for him. But, you know, there's been a lot of talk that maybe this is best for him. And I agree. Maybe he goes to Colorado now and just um, has a chance to be himself. Remember that beautiful goal he scored just a couple weeks ago. So, Ralph Priso, it definitely uh, sucks to move on from a young player like him that showed a lot of class and a lot of talent uh, down the line. But uh, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And this move, Mark Anthony K, a top player, you're getting a guy to help you win now. I think Toronto C is still going through this rebuild kind of season. I really think next year is going to be their window to start competing again. But, you know, Ralph Priso, I'm wishing him the best. And uh, Mark Anthony K is definitely going to do well here in Toronto. I think this move does a lot of good for TFC, especially, um, you know, if they're trying to contend as soon as next season with Insigne and hopefully bring over Bernandeschi. One thing, though, is that goaltending position. And, you know, I was in attendance on Saturday night against the San Jose Earthquakes. Obviously, that was supposed to be the Insigne game, which, you know, was definitely a bummer that he didn't get to play. Bought tickets in advance for that. But, you know, in that game, Toronto FC did a good job. I really liked DeAndre Kerr's play. Kerr, you know, younger player playing on that right side there, uh, created a lot of attack. He had a lot of situations where he looked close to score. And there was a play, though, where he should have kept running and probably could have had a goal, another one, um, before he scored. So that was a missed opportunity. But DeAndre Kerr, I feel like this season has been very underrated in terms of his play. You know, he hasn't, he's been heavily overlooked is what I meant to say there. And, um, you know, I just think as he's, you know, maturing out, I think he's starting to become a better player overall. And I think, you know, DeAndre Kerr is going to have a nice, you know, sp a spot here on this Toronto FC roster. I can't talk today. But, um, you know, DeAndre Kerr, I think, is definitely somebody that I'm very intrigued to see how he can play down the line here. And I think as he gets older, he's only going to get better. So I'm really excited for him and, you know, the value that they're getting from DeAndre Kerr already at such a young age. And, you know, so... That's always encouraging, but, you know, Toronto FC, they really deserve to win this game. You know, the first half wasn't great. They didn't have a lot of offensive chances. They had a lot of defensive lapses. The first goal from San Jose should have been prevented. Way too much time and space in the box, and you saw that goal coming, like, five minutes before it happened. Or, no, like, that's too early. Maybe, like, three minutes before it happened uh, with the way things were happening in that game. Toronto FC looked a little sloppy. They were losing their man in coverage quite often and that's something we've seen very common this season but one thing about in the game on saturday it looked like toronto fc was a lot better on the flanks and a lot of that you have to give credit to Crescido. there was some lapses by him you know the communication with his new teammates wasn't all there you can clearly tell on that one play when it was going back to westberg and he kicked it out wide and uh you know gave san jose that chance that uh, they almost capitalized on but you know, I think Crescido brought a lot more um, sandpaper to this team. They brought He brought a lot more grit. He brought a lot more veteran leadership on the field, and that's something that I think this team was missing. They were lacking somebody on the outside to kind of bring that presence. Obviously, we had it with Justin Morrow here for so long. Crescito, a guy that played internationally, you know, got his chance at the Italian national team, played most of his career with Genoa, has a large fan base here in Toronto, received a very loud applause when they introduced his name. Uh, he did pick up. It looked like he uh, pulled a muscle and a cramp. So he was subbed off and then still got even a louder reaction. So credit to him. I think he had a very impressive night despite a couple lapses. But for his first game, I'll take that. I think he's going to bring a lot of good to Toronto. But 
you know, Toronto FC really gave that game away. You know, you had the DeAndre Kerr equalizer, which um, was followed up then a couple minutes later by Jonathan Osorio's beautiful goal. Like, BMO Field was loud. It was, uh, you know, definitely going TFC's way. The vibes were good until San Jose equalizes it and uh they just kind of gave it away at that point you know that was a that was a disappointing goal that would have been big for toronto fc in terms of playoff contention uh if they're still trying to fight for that last seed but you know that's a, a tough blow especially that late in the game on your home soil and with crocito's debut and how loud bmo field was it was almost packed like it was well it was packed but like it was almost like full to the max and obviously that was all because of the tickets sold for Lorenzo Insigne's debut. But, um, you know, credit to him. I still think he did a very good job. And uh, I'm very excited to see what Crescido could bring to the team long term. I think he's going to be a very intriguing piece. And I can't wait to see this Reds team uh, get into action tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, Toronto FC will be heading to Soldier Field in Chicago to take on the Chicago Fire. Remember, last time Toronto FC played the Chicago Fire, it was in Toronto. And that was the game that, you know, DeAndre Kerr also scored. Uh, they took the lead early on. Then after they scored, they really dropped back and they really lost their shape. They lost their form. They were getting outplayed heavily. There were a lot of mistakes. Um, and Chicago Fire really poured it on. They almost scored uh, three goals in the span of like 20 minutes. But uh, luckily, VAR took one back. But still, Chicago Fire is a team that you look at the standings and they don't really tell all. They're they're closer to the bottom than they are at the top. But Chicago Fire is a team that has some nice pieces. Obviously, you know, Shakiri. They had Slonina for a large part of this season. Um, Shakiri, the way he can just dominate play for Chicago. He, the way he can just control the midfield. He control the attack. You know, he's a smaller guy, but he's got good speed. He's a very physical player. He's got a lot of technical skills. He's so clinical, and he's got these weapons that, you know, you never really know what to expect from him if he's going to hit a shot or a cross. And, you know, I think that's going to be very dangerous for Toronto FC out wide. I'm going to look for Crescito a lot and how he's able to shut him down. I think that's something that, uh, you know, if Marshall Ruti gets the start at right back next game or if it's going to be Kosi Thompson how they're able to manage the flanks against a guy like Shakiri, who, you know, he's just so decisive and he can just tarry up any way he wants. I really think you're going to have to kind of load the middle there and just kind of keep everything simple. And, um, you know, we're going to look at our center backs too tonight, or sorry, tomorrow night in uh, Mavinga and O'Neal, who's I'm going to say is probably likely to get the start. Um, how are they able to cut down the, uh, counter passes because they're certainly going to be a team that comes at you on the counter and on the rush. That's how Chicago Fire likes to play. They're not a team that is going to beat you structurally. They're not that sound. They're not that poised. They don't have much, you know, real game changing talent besides Shakiri and a few other pieces. Slonina, um, you know, he was a, a fantastic goalkeeper for them. But, you know, I think Chicago Fire is a very winnable matchup. They've beaten uh, Chicago Fire before. But that was also the Pozuelo game. You know, Pozuelo, the top of the box, hits the pen uh, to level the game. Then after that, hits that beautiful kick from outside the 18. Bar down. Some people didn't even know if it went in at that point. Beautiful strike. And that's what I mean. Pozuelo changed that game. He changed the outcome. That game was not going TFC's way for a large, large part of it. 
until Pozuelo took over and provided his magic. And that was the last game-changing game for Pozuelo's TFC career. And you have to give him credit for that because without that game from Pozuelo, uh, Toronto FC don't win that game at all. And, you know, they probably didn't deserve to. Like I said, last time against Chicago Fire, they started strong. They took the early lead, and then they just collapsed. They really let Chicago Fire take it to them. Just chance after chance, just coming on in waves. And I remember in that game, there was a lot of miscommunication. There was the high cross that came in that went over Westberg off the header. There was, you know, a lot of shots that were taken that shouldn't have been taken. Um, there wasn't a lot of challenging going on. And if you're just going to let them walk in and shoot, you're going to find yourself in negative results. And I'm really hoping they can cut that down. That's obviously something you learn when you first start playing soccer is, you know, cut down the shots from all angles. But this Toronto FC team did not have that the last time they played Chicago Fire at BMO Field. And it was very, very hard to watch at certain points. And, you know, I don't think I was the only person in the fan base that was frustrated with how the Reds played that night. But, you know, Pozuelo changed it. They end up with the victory. And Toronto FC is lucky they got the win there. But my key to tomorrow's game is just play simple. You know, you showed a real good result for the most part on Saturday. The team looked a lot stronger. Maybe they've removed... Um, the removement of Pozuelo um, helped the structure of Bob Bradley system. So, you know, just kind of keep it simple. I don't think you're going to see Mark Anthony K. He's battling a knock still, but, you know, just keep it simple. Show your structure. Um, let the youth kind of dictate play. Michael Bradley just needs to keep plays at, you know, a low event style. And uh, I'm going to look at the young guys trying to capitalize, right? I want to see more from the Jaden Nelsons, the DeAndre Kerrs, Kosi Thompson, Jesus Jimenez. You know, he's kind of been on a cold run. He's probably my favorite player on the team at the moment. But, like, I just love the way he plays and the way he's able to, you know, kind of play that, not like that number nine role well for Bob Bradley's system. But, you know, he does much more than your typical number nine, right? Like, he can play a little bit deeper. He can pass. Um, you know, he set up. DeAndre Kerr for an easy strike into the back of the net, but Kerr just didn't run on it. So, you know, Jimenez, he's on a little bit of a cold run, but I think tomorrow he's going to have quite the night. And um, I'm looking more from guys like, like I said, Jaden Nelson. How are they able to create from the outside? How can DeAndre Kerr continue to build on from his last performance? You know, how's Quinton Westberg going to do? Um, you know, I think the goaltending, the goalkeeping position, sorry, is definitely something that needs to be upgraded. I don't like having Westberg and Bono as my duo. You know, Toronto FC2 has some good goalkeepers um, that have really been impressed, uh, impressing this season. Luca Gravra, um, Greg Ranjinsing. So, you know, maybe there's potentially options down there, but I'm just really looking forward to Toronto FC. And just if this is a rebuilding season, just start getting better. You know what I mean? Like last season was awful. The season prior was good until the playoffs. You know, just slowly get better and better and prove that this rebuild is, you know, going in the right direction because this team has destroyed almost every single name that was on this roster last season, um, you know, besides the notable ones. But just show that there's improvements, play up to your structure, play up to your system. Um, don't be easy to play against. There's a lot of times where Toronto FC looks like they're, you know, not even a tough you know, team to play against. I don't even know how to describe it, but you know what I mean? Like they have a goal in the first 10 minutes in the opening like part of the game and they just get routed over. And I'm just really not looking forward to that. Sometimes they don't have that build up MLS play caliber to even a mediocre team. So 
I'm just hoping they could just find their stride and just, you know, if this ends in a draw, I'm really not focused on the results much anymore this season with how the roster is looking and, you know, the transactions Toronto C management's been making and how far they sit out of a playoff spot with the points and games and stuff like that. But just slowly get better and better so that next season we can have more expectations. But I'm really looking on the young guys tomorrow because I think they're going to have to be a very pivotal reason to why Toronto FC can walk away with this win against the Chicago Fire team that, you know, I thought was going to be a lot better, um, but that they haven't been. So that's all for me, folks. Thank you guys for listening to the Battle of Horn Reds podcast. We'll be with you guys probably on Thursday or Friday uh, to recap what happens tomorrow night as Toronto FC takes on Chicago Fire Shoulder Field, Soldier Field, sorry, um, and hopefully it ends in a TFC win. Thank you guys for listening. Talk to you guys again soon. Thank you.